podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We put this festival on you bastards with a lot of love. We work for one year for you pigs. And you want to break our walls down? And you want to destroy it? Well, you go to hell. We put this festival on you bosses. With a lot of love. We work for one year for you pigs. And you want to break our walls down? And you want to destroy it? Well, you go to hell. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Sunday again. That week's flown, flown in, hasn't it? Episode 12, the Fatback 4. We're missing Matt this week because ah, Matt's gone probably on another mad one. We, we haven't even rang the check-up, but we hope he's still alive and we're going on without him. Um, Ian, Grizz are with me. Um, and also this week, we brought in Steve Brown uh, to have a little chat with us. Right, straight into it. Um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not used to this. We're, we're happy every week. It's, 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 it's a bit mad. Um, Liverpool... Three, three great goals as well. Actually, I just want to say that before we go on. But another three 0 win um, versus Southampton. Happy days, moving, edging our way up that table. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Ian, I'm going to start with you because I always do. And a three 0 win, but a lot of talk before the game with regards to again uh, lineups, um, formations. Who plays in the six? Is it the six? Is it the five? Is it the three? Um, we had all that today as well. So um, is, is it the seven? Um, what's Mignolet doing in goal with number 22 on his back? All that. Um, but uh, now, Matip has gone for his usual um, winter break and the lineup kind of nearly picked itself at the back four. But how did you feel when you seen the lineup come out? Yeah, I did the night before Matty was going to be injured. So I'd made me peace with that. He hasn't missed a minute, had he, before, before this game, I don't think, in the league. So I just assumed he'd put Gomez in the middle. Go Gomez, Clavin, Trent, and Moreno at the back. That's what I thought. But when I saw the team sheet, I wasn't overly I wasn't overly gutted. I had it out with a few people on Twitter. I was fine with the I was fine with him not picking Gomez. He's it's not a million miles years ago that he, he was out for a year. He's just had two internationals in a week. Whether he played a full ninety and one and just a bit in the other, whatever, I'm not sure. So, but it's not it's not only about how many minutes he's played. It's also about keeping his feet on the ground as well. I think. Do you know what I mean? Twenty year old getting rave reviews, man of the match. He can get carried away. So I was fine. I was happy with him getting left out because I didn't think Southampton had attack a lot anyway. So I'm happy with Trent playing right back because he's much better going forward. 
Uh, midfield. Yeah, I, I mean, I was fine. Henderson's always... You, you've got to make your peace with the fact that Henderson is going to play while he is the captain. So whether you think he's shit, whether you'd rather play Chan or whoever else in his place, Henderson's going to play. So just get over it, you know what I mean, and stop stop burning your head out before every game. And the front, the front three picked themselves. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain was maybe a little unlucky to, to not get in the midfield, but for the first time in quite a while, Liverpool have got quite a strong squad now. And other than the start and eleven, I thought our bench was the best it's looked in quite a long time. So, uh, mate, I, I was happy. I, I had no doubt, I had no worries about the results before the game. It was quite an easy game in the end, and Liverpool are secretly starting to look quite good again. Oh, don't, so don't, don't do that, don't do that. Not fucking four minutes into a pod, please. Um, right, stay. I'll come to you next. Um, Ian's touched on the back four. What he might have done. Um, how he was fairly confident and happy with the, the back four that was there. I had a slight reservation over it with regards to the midfield, the way it looked like it would shape up simply because of the back four that was in place. Were you a little bit worried when, when you looked at it and thought, oh, we're going one just sitting by the looks of this? Or were you were you like in and quite confident and happy that Southampton probably wouldn't attack that much? Yeah, fairly happy. Um, when you look at it, there's a lot of people who thought maybe Lallana might come in back and forth training but the way the three said it was there was no need for Chan yesterday there was always or there was no need for the three of Henderson Monal and Chan you want to get Coutinho back into the side we're going to be playing against Southampton we're going to sit the basically sat on the edge of our box for most of the game anyway <laughs> so it made complete sense um, when Alan doing the bits he does Henderson sitting deep dictating the tempo and then Coutinho doing whatever he wanted to do it was it was the perfect game for that formation to play. I think we'll see it a lot more as well uh, as the season goes on. When we have teams that are going to sift that deep against us, when you can get Coutinho have 50, 60 yards from the goal, where he can pick passes like he did for the second goal, where he can carry the ball, where he can do whatever he wants, basically, because it's that good. Like. Yeah, he was. Um, um, yeah, go on. No, 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 go on, go on, go on. All right. Um, no, what you're saying is right. Um, Coutinho did look like he had like the pitch to himself at times, and um, Southampton made the pay for it and could have been made pay for it on a few more occasions. To be honest, if we'd have a bit more clinical, Grizz, um, I want to go back to the back four with you. Um, my opinion was was I would have played Gomez and Moreno because I thought if Southampton were going to try to get out, and um, particularly when when you see Long playing. It was going to be those balls down the side and Trent might be exposed. I thought he was exposed a couple of times in the first half, just jumping in the odd time, um, being kind of caught between two steals on, on one or two occasions. But overall, I thought really, really good going forward. What did you make of um, the back four, especially? And Lovren on the right side as opposed to the left, did you notice a marked difference in them or was it just the, the game was easy enough and, and he got through it? I don't think I don't think um, I don't think anyone I don't think we spoke much about Lovren. Do you know that generally even on Twitter as well? I don't think much was made of his performance, and that's usually a good sign. I thought he covered, and you're right. Young Trent did get caught out a couple of times. You know he wasn't sure whether to attack. You know, sort of on the other side, Moreno's kind of got a nice formula going now, where he knows when to attack and when not to attack. Trent's still learning, obviously, but you know what? 
uh, hats off to Lovren. He's been, you know, we know what he's gone through last month or so. But I think he looked really focused. He, co- I think he was more, far more comfortable on the right hand side that he usually looks on the left hand side. I mean, I think his distribution was good. He, 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 I, 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 he you know, Shane Long's a tricky character. Do you know that to Mark? He's quite slippery. I mean, not quite slippery. He's very quick. And if you notice, do you remember last season? A lot of our attacks, a lot of the opposition's attacks, was were uh, down our left, where people tended to target Lovren and Milner, you know, on that side. Well, this side, I don't know if you noticed, but most, if any, or whatever attacks Southampton had were down Trent and Lovren's side. But I thought Lovren coped very, very, very amicably with it. And um, Trent grew into it. I mean, Klopp did say at the end that he thought it was Trent's best defensive performance. So, um, you know, who are we kind of to argue? I mean, obviously Klopp had a very, you know, close view of that, especially in the first half. I did, I found him very, I, don't, I think he was very concentrated in defence. He was more focused in defence rather than attack first and then defence as a sort of second nature. I think he's sort of reversed that mindset now. He, he's looking to defend first and then attack. Uh, I, I thought they'd done very well. Apart from the odd time, as you say, where Trent was slightly out of position, but Lovren, um, dare I say it, fingers crossed, I don't want to curse it again, but he, you know, he, he, he looked to sort of cover a lot and done very well. Yeah, for me, for me, he just looks a hell of a lot more comfortable on the right hand side. It's, it's just, the ball comes, the ball is kind of easier for him to distribute off his right hand side. He doesn't look as awkward. Um, splitting him and Moreno apart is is will always get my vote. It will always get my vote. Um, just to touch on Moreno, I thought he was excellent yesterday. Absolutely he excellent. He he was when he was high up the pitch. He was he was pressing when he dropped when he needed to drop back. He dropped back. He was a really good outlet. He very rarely lost the ball. A couple of tight situations where he had it and he managed to find his way out of it. Somewhere it was no nonsense. Somewhere he was quite cute with it. Um, yeah, in, just uh, one sec. Yeah, let's not go forget. Ahead. He he became a dad at two thirty in the morning before the game as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It would have been and easy. It would have been easy for him his mind to astray, wouldn't it? He, he's a man who's not known for his mental fortitude, is he? And it didn't affect him at all. He's really come on leaps and bounds, Moreno, this season. Ian, I'm, I, think, I, I'm amazed. I, I think that's a brilliant uh, point you make there, and I think that's a sign of his maturity. I think fatherhood has probably been the making of him. Don't you think? I mean, it's, it's, you know, but it's, his kid before the game, his kid was only seven years, seven hours old. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? or, or, or if it develops, or if it develops like Grizz, it was seven years old. <laughs> yeah. It's but no, it, it, most people do grow, do grow up when they've got kids, but yeah, it didn't seem to affect them at all. And I think that's like what he has just said there. He's he's obviously putting the work in, and fair play, man, fair play. I thought he was a me, defo. Steve, um. I'll come to you because I'm where we stay on the back four. We'll move away from it now in a minute. But when you look at Clavin and Lovren, um, a lot of people's probably heads are in their hands because they completely overreact every time an 11 is named. But putting Clavin and Lovren aside, where I thought they dealt well with Long, the fullbacks were really interesting for me. Um, I, you know, we've, we've touched on Trent already. I thought he was a little bit nervous looking going forward when he actually drove at Southampton. Whereas when he got the ball over his feet, he put a few good balls in. But the both of them, I thought, were really aware of the situation they were in at all times. When to go, when to not go, when to kind of push up, 
when to add into the attack. They, they seem to be well aware of where they had to be at all times. And that's not something you could say about Liverpool fullbacks for the last, as long as, long as you want, really. Yeah. Um, if this is the new normal, it's bloody great. Um, it's like we've all played football at certain levels, but it, it's like they've learned what everyone else learned when they were 12 years old. If one goes, one stays and tucks in. And then the, the whichever side centre-half, if the left full goes, the left side centre-half pushes over. So it basically becomes a back three. Um, and it's like so it's, it's like the Spurs, since the Spurs game, something's clicked and this is what we started working on. And it's so easy, it's so simple and so basic, but it works. It makes us more solid. It gives us an extra attacking option because of the one of the fullbacks can join in and it just makes things so much easier it takes the pressure off everyone when you're not leaving your two centre halves split wide open trying to cover one half of the pitch each so it's basically having as as good as we've been going forward it's made us more defensively solid at the same time Ian do you not think give, like, like Steve said there it's um, you know we're moving around the pitch a lot better when one fullback goes, the other one holds. And and at stage, you see Moreno quite high up the pitch and the ball goes into the middle of the park and then Trent makes his move and, and joins in. But does it not give us a, like even a, a better attacking edge or even a better hold in midfield when a fullback, say Moreno, for, we, let's take Moreno for example, when Moreno knows that, okay, I'm not in the back four, but I'm not up beside the front three. I'm just in that gap. And he he's nearly looking for the midfielder to come and get the ball off him. And and then he knows if I go now, that midfielder is close to me where he can he can cover. And like Steve said, you can them them centre halves have that extra man in front of them. Is there something that when you're watching the game that it, it's like Steve said, it's night and day between say Spurs what going on was it a month ago a little bit more? It, it is night and day, isn't it, between what we were watching a month ago compared to now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I spoke with Grizz about after, after the Spurs game. And I just said, I think it's a watershed moment. Like, it's either going to get fixed now or it's never going to get fixed. And because Klopp looks so angry, mate. I mean, he's looked angry a few times with the, with the defending. But he just looked he just looked different than he had in the past. And that was as bad as I've seen it. I just think, I just think the pennies dropped. He's almost like pull the side back a little bit from the non-stop attack, you know what I mean, heavy metal football, it's not so much heavy metal now, it's a, it's more like sustained, like we move together as a unit, we move back as a unit, you know what I mean, it's it's maybe not as exciting as it was when he first came in, but it's more structured, so we're not giving as many chances away at the back, and we never used to give that many chances away anyway, it was just balls ups after balls ups, I heard some stats the other day, and we've kept 10 clean sheets in 18 games, uh, which is really good, you know what I mean? But it's it's when we get it wrong, we get it really wrong, like the City, the Spurs games, stuff like that. And is it right that we've only conceded one goal at home all season in the league? Two, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it's two, but you no, could be right. One. One, one. Is one. Do you know what I mean? It I'm, is one, is it? Okay. And yeah. I, I, I read yesterday that we've given the fewest amount of chances away at home as well. So, he's been training you know, since the Spurs the... game. Sorry, Ian, since the Spurs well, I mean, game. Always doing. Oh, we've conceded two shots on target since the Spurs game. Wow! Can I just can See, I just but that's go amazing. Going in, sorry, finish your point, sorry. Yeah, I'm just uh, I, and I, I just think the penny dropped 
a bit with Klopp and a bit with the players. They've they've realised we do this one more time. We're gone. January's only around the corner. He's a hundred percent looking to replace certain players, whether we're playing well or not. And I just think it's just fat like the likes of Moreno. I've said this before on the podcast. He's not the smartest. So you get the the way you teach someone like Moreno is by repetition. And I reckon he's just worked his ass off on the training field where Klopp's just give him like sixty scenarios and just made him run them nonstop. Yeah, but, Do you know Ian, what I mean? I think you're t- Sorry, you're talking about just a co- I'll let you finish now, but one thing about repetition is uh, you're seeing Colton Moreno going back a week or so ago and he said that he spoke to Klopp last season on five or six occasions. The message was the same, but nothing changed. What I made of that was <laughs> the rep the, the message was keep doing what I'm telling you and eventually you'll get there. And that looks like like it's coming to fruition now with him. Yeah, and well that that would be repetition, wouldn't it? So yeah, absolutely, I, I, yeah. I, I just I could say some players learn on the fly. Some players are not like someone like Lalan is very intelligent. He picks the game up as he's going. Someone like Moreno, he's not like that, is he? He's really not. He's the lad who sat at the back of the class, like throwing paper airplanes at people and stuff like that. He's a bit of an idiot, but he he's got it now. But it's not just him, though. He was a bit of a scapegoat as well. Even even from myself, like we'd want him to be this overlapping overlapping marauding left fullback, but. Then no one would cover his space. So when his cross would go astray, or when he'd get dispossessed, or whatever, we'd moan that he was out of position. And he's not Superman. He can't, you know what I mean? He can't be in two places at once. But like I say, the, the structure of the side is now better. So if he goes, we we either move to a back three, or someone like Chan, Wijnaldum, Henderson. They just occupy that, you know what I mean? Back left square of the pitch, and it's just, it's very good to watch. And we are looking very solid at the moment. Kev, just a quick thing. I know you like yeah. looking at positions of the players on pitch, whatever. Do you know what mm-hmm. I've noticed on, against Southampton? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the problem, well, one of the well, there was a few problems, but one of the one of the main problems I saw in the Spurs game, right, was there was a big gap between our forwards and our midfield, and then the back four was on top of our midfield, which was already pushed up, right. So the back four and the midfield were conge- like sort of pushed up but there was a big gap between the front three. What I've noticed this time, everyone talks about our pressing. It really is a thing of beauty. You know, our front three, they are so quick and fast and they press high. And what I noticed was that enabled, I don't know if it was under instruction or Hendo thought it upon himself, but it enabled Henderson, I don't know if you guys noted, but he didn't play, he was pushing up right on top of their midfield as well. Right, the gap between our forwards and midfield was not much this time, and I noticed that uh, Ginny and Phil, uh, alongside him, they pushed up at least twenty yards, and Henderson, you could see, was pushing up right up, right up against them. Which, you know, it just didn't give Southampton a chance to put any moves or any passes. I don't know what their possession was like in the game. I don't, you know, I don't have those kind of stats with me. Six sixty-one percent. We had sixty-one percent. Yeah. So, you know, we we just didn't let them breathe. And it it really, everyone talks about his game and pressing, whatever. But it is a thing of beauty. And I think, I don't know, I hope it's under instruction that Klopp has seen that the gap was too much in that Spurs game between the forwards and the midfield. But our midfield was really tight up against, uh, uh, sorry, following up our, our forwards. And the gap, there was no gaps in between. And I think that was the key. And, and again, you know, playing Phil in there, 
it just after, at times there was Phil who was the deepest midfielder collecting the ball off sort of Moreno, you know, and that's where, in my opinion, you know, Phil absolutely flourishes, you know, and he showed it with the sublime pass, sublime pass. But we probably yeah. get to the goals, yeah. We will, we will get to that. Um, yeah. And Grizz, you've preempted me there because I was going to just touch on the midfield before we get into the actual action of the game. Stay, I'll come to you on it. Um, before the game, as I said, I, I, I probably gave Southampton too much credit than they deserved, and I did because I thought they might. People have heard people say, "Oh, they won't do what Huddersfield done." I thought they were worse than Huddersfield. That's being honest with you. Um, for the for the quality of player they have, I thought they were atrocious. Um, and they had no ambition to come out and play us. I probably gave them too much credit thinking they can get down the side of us with like, the likes of Redmond, um, Bufal and whoever else was playing on the wing for them. But they didn't. They um, they literally sat back in like a force, nearly six formation. Um, but with Henderson, with Naldon, Coutinho on the pitch, my credit to Southampton was worrying, making me worry about Henderson. But there was a marked change in that tree, I thought, to former trees. The four... The, the three that you would have seen before could be quite disjointed. I thought these three nearly hunted in packs at times and again, knew their roles and knew how to do them and knew how to do them very, very well. Yeah, it was, Southampton were pathetic. Um, they're as bad as we've seen at Anfield this season and we're going to see it a lot more if we're all being honest. We're going to see it nearly every week. Like um, They just offered nothing going forward and obviously, as you said, with Three lads hunted and packed with the other three front lads as well. It was easy though because of the fact that Southampton showed no ambition. They showed no ideas going forward. They didn't want to. It looked like they didn't want to pass the ball forward when their only option, in fairness, was the ball into the channel for long. Um, yeah, this is, the, the three lads in the middle done what they had to do. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't. It was nice and simple. They just kept everything nice and simple. John Henderson was very good yesterday. Apparently, a lot of people didn't. Ian doesn't. Ian gave him. Ian gave him three out of ten. Ridiculous. Yeah, two. Um, <laughs> two out of ten. I, I thought Henderson was very good. Like, there's Ian's a noticeable wrong. difference. <laughs> <laughs> there's a noticeable difference in Liverpool when Henderson doesn't play because, as much I'm one of the biggest fans of every time you meet, but. Henderson moves the ball quicker and whether it's side to side or whether it's back, he's constantly shifting the ball. He can do it in one touch, he can do it in two touches where Chan might take three or four. So it does make a big difference and especially with Coutinho playing slightly ahead of him. That one touch ball into Coutinho's feet makes all the difference because it gives him the extra second Great point. to turn and then he's then at the back four or he's ahead of Romeo or whoever it was yesterday. Mm. Um, so it's just, I don't... I fucking fans are bananas anyway but I didn't really just didn't see the Slayton of Henderson yesterday at all way uncalled for as per usual really but, but well, you, you know see, guys you know guys we're talking about Southampton didn't show any ambition do you mm-hmm. know I as soon you know you, you've asked us what we thought when we saw the Liverpool lineup, right mm-hmm. or what we thought I'm not going to lie I knew we'd won the game as soon as I saw the Southampton lineup because oh. I because I that's the first time they haven't played three midfielders, central midfielders deep. Normally, when they come to they were missing, they were missing, they were missing your man Bill uh, May, wasn't he? Is that his name? No, no, Romeo was playing. Lamina oh, was Lamina. missing. Yeah. Lamina was missing. But Lamina, normally, sorry, every, that's who it was. Every time they play us, they always play near enough three DMs. But this time, they 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 left Ward Prowse, who's a very good young player, 
they left him on the bench and brought in Buffao, who's like a, who's like their version of Coutinho, I guess, who's just a sort of a playmaker type, skillful player. And as soon as I saw the lineups, I thought, okay, they're two up against us three. We're going to dominate this. And I thought, you know, they actually had, they actually picked the, probably the most attacking Southampton team that's come to Anfield for the last two or three seasons. And I yeah, thought that played totally into our hands. That, that's what worried me because when I looked at it, I thought, you know what, these boys see where their frailties are, supposed frailties are, and they're, having yeah. a, they're going to have a go. But they're going to have a go. The way, yeah. the, the way they came out was, was, was appalling, in my opinion. We didn't let um, them. I don't think we let them get No, I, no. Listen, I know you, you, can, you, can, you can do so much, and I, I think Liverpool had a deliberate tactic where if any of the fullbacks, either fullback or Southampton, got the ball, Mane and Salah was oh, forcing them to play inside. They were forcing yeah. them. What they were doing was they were forcing them to play inside. So when they played inside, then you had the likes of Firmino, Coutinho, Wijnaldum in particular, pressing. Henderson was backing it up, um, and and it did seem to work. Ian, just one last point on the midfield. Um, we've we've watched midfields with say Henderson, Jan, Wijnaldum in it, and Henderson is, you know, stands out as this player that's deepest. And these two seem to be playing quite lateral to each other. You know, there's no kind of staggered movement in it, but. One thing I noticed yesterday was Coutinho might drop a bit deeper and Wijnaldum knew then to push on, push on to the likes of Romeo and occupy him. Um, again, if Wijnaldum came short, Coutinho done that. But it, and, and the front three just moved and moved and moved and, and didn't let them, made them second guess all game. Um, it's definitely an improvement on the last couple of weeks, isn't it? With, with regards to that movement of that front six, as you could call them. Um, again, knowing the roles, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It- one of my favourite sides growing up to watch was Ajax, you know, with the likes of Davids and Clivert and all them, that that side. And they're very fluid, like people just interchange in positions and there's no set defensive midfielder, there's no set number 10, you know what I mean? People just fill in for each other. And even in their academies growing up, they're taught to play five and six positions. And I think Klopp's got a similar philosophy. Like, sometimes it's, it's very hard to see what his formation is. Sometimes I don't even think... He has a set formation with his side. These people just tend to like just go on instinct a bit. I think he likes players like that as well. So it's hard. Like you saw that there's a tweet going around, isn't it, where someone says the six and the seven and the five and the four and the three and, and you know <laughs> and just it needs to be read. It really needs to be seen to be believed that tweet. But I think if you showed that tweet to someone like Jurgen Klopp and said this is what someone thinks of your midfield, I think he'd pisses German underpants, honestly. It's just the if one goes, one stays, you know what I mean? It, where you was just saying there, they, they used to just be it, they, you could break the line of them quite easy, couldn't you? Because they were quite, like you say, they were quite lateral to each other. Whereas now, I just think I, I don't know if, if it's just extra work or if they're just getting to know each other better or I just, I don't know what it is. It might be a combination of everything. But I just think, look better at the moment. I think it's a setup for certain games. I think, you yeah. know, when you look, go back to West Ham, you look yeah. at, they probably come out and said, right, we're going to probably be up against it the first 20. We put two sitting there and we'll trust that to be enough space around for air front, say four, to cause havoc. And it did. Whereas in these games, um, you probably need just one sitting. But, Again, with Wijnaldum probably doing that little bit of extra protection. But when you have these teams sitting deep, you need movement and you need movement with numbers in order to create space. So in that case, you go with Wijnaldum, Coutinho or whoever them two are further ahead. And he seems to be hitting on a formula for whoever he comes up against, um, whether well, they're going to be defensive. Yeah, yeah it's, ve- it's very good to watch because 
I mean, from a coaching perspective, because he's he's clearly figuring out the prem. I think he's figuring out these low block sides, and we haven't struggled against them this season. Whereas it's been our Achilles heel over the last few years. He, so, and he's picking teams to beat certain teams, and that might sound like an obvious statement, but in the past you just felt like this is our side. We're going to beat you. End of story. Yeah. Whereas now, yeah, yeah, he's got more horses for courses. This thing, yeah, exactly. He, that's exactly it's what I was about to say. Horses for courses. He's tinkering. And he, he's picking sides to, you know what I mean, overcome certain obstacles in, that certain sides possess. So it's, it's good to watch, man. I'm, I'm a big fan. It just shows that he's not this big, affable knob on the sideline. Just like, oh, let's attack. You know what I mean? He knows what he's doing, genuinely. Yeah. It's it's something that's being thrown on him that he has a game plan. And if that game plan doesn't work, he doesn't know what to come up with. Um, I think he's shown over the last... He's shown throughout his Liverpool career he's changed because when he showed up, he was a 4-2-3-1. Man, he really was. Um, you know, and then he was 4-3-3. He's done 4-4-2. He's done diamonds. He's, he's gone all over the place. But now it seems to be the, the bit more purpose to it where this is the team we're playing. They're going to be a low block. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to put three up front. We're going to put two in behind them nearly. But these these players behind them will interact with where Henderson will need to be. And listen, movement can kill teams. It just kills teams, no matter how low they are or how deep they are. It, it will kill them if you're moving and you're quick in your movement. Lads, there's three goals to go through. Um, we've nearly touched on every player in the team. So I'll go through the goals. Steve, as a guest this evening, I'm going to give you the first goal. And it's Mo Salah. And for all the low block and Southampton backs to the wall, um, it's nearly their own undoing, but then he still has to strike it, doesn't he? He still has to put it where, put it where he puts it. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, it was at the corner comes in. Salah takes the corner, which is the header for found. By the way, just not without touching. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, I am, I am gonna get to him. So you keep going with the goal. The header, the header from Van Dijk is unbelievable. By the way, just I know he wasn't great for the second goal, but the first goal, the header from the defensive corner was unbelievable. Tadic then tries to beat seven players, lose the ball for me now on the. Absolute lightning on him again. Puts it out to Salah, and it's it's the type of goal that we've watched Robin score for fifteen years. Yeah, it's, yeah, great show. Put the ball out to him, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a touch on my left foot, and I'm gonna stick it in the far corner. What are you gonna do about it? Like, <laughs> there's not a lot you can do about it. You can say, oh well, why didn't you show him outside? Why didn't you do this? He's at. He's that like Robin was that good that Salah can get to that level where you can try and do it, but. All it takes is one touch and it's gone to the far corner. Like yeah, my my levels, my levels are over approaching Torres levels already for this man. Are he you is, serious? Oh well, maybe not. Torres killed me. Um, he brought me hair. Never be the same again. Um, but no, Salah just he just looks delighted. He, everything's brilliant. His work rate is unbelievable. But the first goal was just class. Like he's the top scorer in the Premier League, and he yeah. missed how many other chances did he miss yesterday? Mental. Like if yeah, he's converting I'm... every chance, people are moaning about his chance conversion and so on. If he converts every chance, it's messy. It's yeah, Messi's level Steve, of finish. You see, Steve, the thing is, like people moan about um, his level of conversion. If he's a striker, a, a central striker, right, and he's scoring one and two, and he's missing chances, the first thing you'll hear is, "Are he's in the positions though?" That's a sign of a good striker. So yeah, he's actually exactly. getting battered a little bit because he's a he's a wide man, and wide men don't get that many chances, so he should be taking them. When in fact he's getting three or four a game, and he's he's putting one or two away. 
you know, if he goes at the rate he's going, he's looking at 30 goals this season. I don't think he quite reached that, but he, he will go close. Um, I think he will. Yeah. Better, I honestly I do. I think you? he will. Yeah, I think he's well, People have cases, people have raved and raved and raved about Lukaku up until he started not scoring. Aguero, people rave about Harry Kane. He ra- people rave about Salah's playing wide on the right, and he still has more goals than all of them. Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> not, um, that's Adidas is one of the best. Mental, mental stats. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a mental world, stat. Right? That is an absolute mental, yeah. mental stat. That. Yeah, no, you see, it's it's fourteen goals in eighteen games or something. It's 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 phenomenal. I read that today. Ian, just quickly touch on the goal from your own point of view. Um, you just think I don't think every time he gets it, I think he's going to score. But I think every time he gets it, something is going to happen. And there's nearly that buzz around the place, isn't there? Well, you know, like that expectancy when he gets it, not to score, but he might set something up or do something more. And even when he has a bad shot, people kind of go, "Ah, don't worry about it. You get the next one." He's, yeah, really, he, he's really on that level, isn't he? Because he, he's in, he's ain't that now, any. Where if yeah. someone like someone tries a bicycle kick and it goes fifty yards over, but they've got twenty goals and twenty games, you're like, oh, unlucky lad. Where yeah, if it's yeah. Lovren, you kick off, yeah. you're you fucking yeah. donkey. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I'd, I'd say the best, the best way I can look at it, the ball got put out to him, and I immediately shouted, "Top bag, top bag!" Because I just think he's got it in him now. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't. Don't get me wrong, I still went mental when he scored. It wasn't I didn't expect him to score. But I was just mm. thinking that's what he's gonna try and do. And I think he tried it earlier in the season, one of the first games, and it went it was went horribly wrong. He's just playing. I just hope he's not just in a purple patch. I mean, I hope this is his level. Whatever happens, he needs a he needs a new contract sharpish. Because he's only on, I heard he's only on ninety grand a week. Yeah. Uh which is a mental thing to say, obviously, but if he's on 90 grand a week, uh, Lovren's on 100. Do you know what I mean? So at some point, that needs to be addressed. But, yeah, he's, he's different level at the moment, mate. Like, Mane didn't even have that good a game. Mane, Mane done okay, but he didn't have yeah. that good a game. And you don't even miss him because we've got someone on the other side who's just as good as him. Yeah, but you see, the thing in with it was Mane had pace that no one else in the team had when he turned up last season. Right, he was a bolt from the fucking blue, and it was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, um, but Salah now, when you see him doing these things, you're nearly expecting it because the guy on the other side is well able to do it as well. And if you if you want to double up on Salah, sure, geez, we have Mane over there. Just give him the ball instead, and he'll he'll knock it in from the corner of the box as well. Grizz, um, just just quickly with you on the goal, um. There's nothing better than watching Fraser Foster trying to get across that goal, is there? And just having no chance because he's an absolute mongo. He is. <laughs> I, I, no, he is. He is. Honest to God, he is. I don't. I don't. I've never rated him as highly as some do. He's. I you know, we think, hate. we think. We think. We think. Miggs has got um, awful distribution, or you know, or, or you know, when when you know the ball at his feet. Some honestly, you guys need to see, or you know, someone needs to get a video of how many cock ups this guy does. And I'm going to be a little bit different. I'm going to be a little bit controversial, and say it was a lovely strike. It was, but I don't know if you saw the replay. He just doesn't. He he moves his feet ever so slow. The keeper, you know that. It does. It's not like with. Stay said, look, he compared it to the Robin he's finish. Fucking yes. Frankenstein. No, he is. He's fucking. Yeah, he is. He's like he's his, like Lurch. His head is too heavy. Yeah, Lurch. His head is too heavy. It was like he couldn't move, and it wasn't whipped with pace. You know, Salah. He did put into the corner, but it wasn't sort of whipped into the corner. Do you know what I mean? It didn't smash into the top corner. It was just sort of placed into the top corner. 
But look, take nothing away from this kid Salah, man. He's, as Ian says, we hope that that's his level. I do believe that's level. I actually went back and you, do you remember we'd done that pod once where we predicted the goals of how much they're going to score, Salah, Mane and Firmino. I don't know. I don't, who did you say, Ian? I think you said Mane, wasn't it? Top scorer or something. I can't remember. No, I, I said Firmino. I said Firmino. He's a Firmino. I th- yeah, yeah I, just, I just remembered that, yeah. And, we, and I said, we're going to score 100 goals and our front three are going to score 60 of them. Right? Yeah, it, you said 100 goals and it, it took you 38 minutes to add up to 100. I remember it, it well, yeah. <laughs> And yeah. then you were using you were using goals from Ozil and Lacazette and everything. You were going for them. <laughs> it was ridiculous, like, you know what I mean? But listen, that needs, that, that needs to be revised because my man's... How, how much is he on now? 14, did we just 14, say? 14, yeah. That's a fucking ridiculous number of goals in November. And do you know doesn't what? Score enough, though. Yeah, he still doesn't score enough, does he? And the thing is, right, it's his intelligent movement because if we got... can we? Are we skipping on to the second goal? Let's segue into the second goal, right? Because that, you said that movement... You said, you said that like that we were doing it as a team, but you were just fucking going on your own. Go on. Yeah. No, but, no, but uh, Gav, that yeah. movement is pure... That's elite striker movement, right? Because he's central now, right? He's not coming in from the wide, uh, from, from a wide angle. He's already fairly central, and then he drops into this left, uh, uh, inside left position, doesn't he? He ends up finishing from there. I mean, the, the ball was just exquisite from Coutinho. But that movement from Salah epitomizes him. That was his, that's his characteristics. The intelligence of his movement off the... Was it um, that... Who, who it did? I can't remember. Hoyt. Hoyt is the, his name. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you say? Who, 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 who were dead? Yeah, yeah. That's the one. I thought he was doing fucking that. But his, his movement off that defender was pure elite number nine business man because you know we always talk about oh we need a number nine number nine that is as good as Murata movement as a Lukaku well Lukaku doesn't have that kind of movement but you know people talk about Harry Kane's movement off the ball and Murata's well that was as good as yeah but you see that's the uh, Grizz um I was going to come to you for the second goal and now you've covered it but that's the thing where how important if a striker is making that movement all right He's probably being looked at a bit more closely because the centre-halves are, are there to deal with the striker. But when you have a winger coming across and he's moving across the left-back and then he's moving across the centre-back, people are looking around going, who has him? Because you're not expected to have him. Um, just touching on him quickly, this is his level as, as far as I'm concerned because he's scoring goals, he's creating, he's, he's working hard. And the working hard bit is easy to him. The creative side is easy to him. And that scoring goals is getting better and better and better. And people are still saying he's not scoring enough. So I actually do think that's his level. And the thing I love about him most, bar the goals, is I love when he gets the ball on the halfway line. We're a little bit deep. It's kind of a break, but we don't have enough bodies. And he just decides, ah, fuck this. And he just goes tearing down the wing with it, knowing that the defender is going to kick it out for a throw and he's going to make 60 yards. He's very intelligent the way he does that as well. Um, Last goal. Um, Coutinho scores about just after the hour, I think. Ian, I'll let you have this one. Um, lovely football involved in it. Um, when you actually go back and watch it, it's actually a really good move. And Mane, a little bit unsung yesterday, but a lovely ball to Firmino. He does what he's meant to do, always hit the target. And Firmino's very clever, isn't he? The way he just drifts in there and, and finishes it. Uh, Coutinho, very clever. Coutinho. Who did I say? Sorry. Firmino. 
Sorry, sorry. Uh, it's Firmino hit about, the Coutinho's clever. They're both clever, don't we? We've got you guys. Uh, clever. Yeah, it's, it's good football. It's very good football. Uh, for, I mean, for being critical, Firmino should score. Definitely. He's got to do better than that. But Coutinho deserved the goal. I thought he was outstanding, honestly. There was a couple of turns in the in the first half where he just he just changes direction at like thirty miles an hour and just goes off the other way. You know, there's no like he doesn't slow down to do it, and he's just he's just brilliant to watch. I I gave him my man of the match. Like he's just top draw. I, I mean, I, I'll be devastated when he leaves. Like, but I still I still hate the little prick because he's leaving. Definitely, he's definitely leaving. But yeah, he. It's just nice all round. I mean, towards the end of the game, my stream started playing up a bit, to be honest. Like, but that explains your ratings. No, I got <laughs> my ratings went off before before mm. that. But can it, right, let me explain. The game let me did. explain. Let me explain this rating. Right, oh, yeah, we we've been doing this podcast for three months now. You should know by now that I'm not someone who just bashes a player. I just don't do it. I like Henderson, but I just think I, I gave him a six out of ten. Right. Looking back, it probably could have been one higher. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not set in stone. But I just I sometimes I just think he doesn't do enough with the ball. That's that's all it is. Some other games I'll give him a nine because I think he's excellent. But fair point. Fair point. I I have I have people on Twitter going, Ah, oh, you don't know what he's about. How the fuck can you only and I'm like, it's my interpretation of that one performance. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, oh, you've got an agenda. No, I haven't. And if you listen to any or read any of my tweets or listen to any podcast I've ever been on, you'd know I haven't got an agenda against Henderson. So I can, I, I can, I can say categorically now that Ian has not got fucking time for an agenda. All right. Um, trust me, he hasn't got the fucking time for no, it. No, exactly. Uh, it's too much effort. Yeah, and you're a lazy cunt. So you know, there we go, yeah. you're not you're not going to go that extra mile for an agenda. My, aren't you? The only agenda that I've got is against Grizz. I was just yeah, going to say, and that. that's and listen, that's that's fucking more than understandable, more than understandable. <laughs> um, but look, stay. I'll come back to you because you touched on something earlier. Um, before we get on to our next topic, and that's the game more or less covered because I loved how routine it was. I loved how we went there and we just done the business. We got our goals, we sorted it out, and we, we got our three points. And the more of that, the merrier as the season goes on. But you touched on something earlier, Steve, and that was Van Dijk. Um, I watched him quite closely yesterday um, just to see what he was. I actually came in to watch the game, and I think it was about two minutes in, so I didn't see if the cop cheered his name as he came on the page or anything like it. But um, I don't know whether he wasn't bothered, whether he was slightly unfit, not up to speed, or whether he just wasn't very good. Um, I can't put my finger on it. I really can't. Um, what did you make of him overall? Overall, it was... I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of him. Um, there were times when he looked imperious. As I said before, it was our first goal. As we said, that header was world-class. Like, the defensive header, where he picked out his teammate for a break, if, if he'd done that for a us, or if it was Lovren or Matip doing that for us, we're on the break and we're scoring from that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then there was other times, like for the second goal, where it was like he totally got fouled and then he tries, he's watching Firmino drop off and he's thinking, I'm going to do you, and then leaves the gap of 10 yards and it just leaves the rest of the defence fucking hanging out to dry because he has a score to sell. He, I, I, don't, I really don't know what to make him, Gav. I don't know, I wouldn't be, I didn't watch 200 games when playing, like some people claim to, 
Um, but I don't know. Is, is he a 70 million centre half? Probably not. Could he be the centre half we need? Maybe. But the form he's shown at the moment, from what I've seen, probably won't be spending 70 million on them anyway. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the price is 70 million. Um, I really don't. I think when it comes down to you, are probably looking between 60 and 70, but I don't think 70 million is the price. Um, but as I said, I, did, I didn't know what to make of him. Um, the, the main problem is he's wearing number 17 and he's playing in the back four. That's in my opinion. He <laughs> should be wearing the number four or the number... It should be, no, it should be number two or five or... I yeah. don't know, but... Um, the last I checked, Zidane were number five, and number five's played this holding role in midfield. So um, today has really got to me. Um, numbers, numbers, and I, I don't. I don't, I don't I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even going to fucking. I'm not even going to start as to where his fucking poker is because numbers aren't his fucking strong game. But no, 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 no. In the mix. I'll leave the numbers to Ian. But what I will say about his performance, do you know, I I thought I watched him carefully as well, and I thought he had a brilliant battle with Bobby Firmino. I think him and Bobby had a really good game. And do you know that the, the United States that you're talking about, the bit where he comes out, for, is it the second goal where Phil puts it behind him? He didn't know whether to stick or twist with Bobby. It, I think it was a very level battle between them two because there was times where he bullied Bobby and there was times where Bobby just dragged him out of positions that he didn't want to be in. So I, th- I found it really intriguing. I thought it was a very, very good battle between them two. <laughs> he... It's unfortunate that, you know, a couple of his mistakes are being sort of highlighted, but it's not easy playing against our boys when they're just sort of moving all over the place everywhere. And, you know, they didn't have sort of maybe one or two of their defensive shields to protect them. But I just, I was just intrigued by that matchup. I was very happy that Stud wasn't selected because, you know, he usually gets bullied. Uh, I know he scored a couple of go- hat trick against them a couple of years back in a Rumbelows League Cup or whatever it was, yeah. But that's different. But this one, but, the middle but, couple was the middle yeah, couple. Yeah, that that one. But the but the but the Bobby and Van Dyke uh, matchup yesterday, I found it really intriguing, and I, and I couldn't. I think I, I'd give it fifty fifty because there was times where Bobby done really well, and there was times where Van Dyke really just sort of overpowered him and sort of showed glimpses of what we need. Do you know what I mean? That commanding centre half. You know, who can, just brave and heads the ball. And cut. and did you see a couple of times where he came out with the ball as well and got. Sort of once he got clattered by uh, our current captain, Hendo, as a lot of people may started making jokes about. And then there was Lovren who got the yellow card as well, wasn't there against him? So I thought it was an intriguing battle. His mind's clearly, clearly not there, it's, you know, and it's very difficult when, you know, your mind's not there. And, and plus, you've got to remember, he's come back from a very serious injury. It's not like a hamstring strain he's come back from. So, you know, I think, I think he's still building up to his match sharpness. Yeah. I th- I think um I think yesterday um can't be really taken in isolation. I've heard a lot of people saying he's had mixed form when he come back, but let's be honest, he was training on his own in the field, fucking somewhere, you know, for most of the summer. Um, but look, if Klopp still wants him, he'll he, he surely go back in for him, and Grizz will tell us about the seventeenth bid when it happens. You know, we will. Um, right, moving on. That's the game. That's us all done and dusted. Um, I had a question in on Twitter. Um, lads, and I wanted to go through, which is, and it was a really, really good point that somebody made, and I'm going to get it up here now, so I can tell you what it was. Um, it was Brian Miners, and it's at B Miners M Y N E R S, and it was, 
We have supposedly been two players away from a title since God knows when. Do you think it is a do you think it is two good signings? Personally, I think a goalkeeper, centre back, and a beast of a deep line midfielder is what's needed. Lads, I want to come to you now. We we go on about transfers, we go on about this, that, and the other. Do you think the the main question is do you think we're two signings away? Or if we're not, how many signings are we away and in what position? Uh, Ian, I'll come to you first and what's your feelings on it? it? It's a belter question because for I remember being in school and my PE teacher saying Jeez, we're only two sides away. It is a long <laughs> time ago. And he was like, we're only two sides away from winning the league, two, two players away from winning the league. And people have always been saying that. Mm. And it's, he's right. It, it's like, that's what people have been saying. I think if you get the two signings right, then you could be two two signings away from winning the league. Yeah, they've got, but they've got to be top level, top top level, and they've got to be spot on and and at the ground running. Uh, none of this second choices or whatever. For me, I'd go uh, goalkeeper and centre half. That on that's only because I know we're already getting Naby Keita. Oh yeah, uh, we'll, we'll include we'll include Naby Keita in in as a squad member now. So, as ours, so. yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So I go. Yeah. I go goalkeeper and centre half, mm-hmm. and I would go Jan Oblak, uh, which is unlikely, but he's got a release clause. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I, if you remember last when we were talking about Naby Keita before we signed him, I said to Grizz, I would rather buy Jan Oblak than Naby Keita, sixty million. Yes, that's, you did. That's, yeah. I did, yeah. So I go him, and I would go Van Dijk, and I think if the two of them hit the ground running, they're both world class. So then, with our forward line and with a with a truly top draw keeper and and another beast of a centre back, I think that's as close as you, they're the best two players outside of ridiculous shouts like Messi and all that. They're the mm. they're the best two players I would choose if I could only have two goals at winning the league. If you know what I mean, two two signings to win the league, it'd be those two. Okay, um, Steve, I'll come to you next. Are we two signings away? Are we four signings away? What do you think? Who do you think? Um, we are <sighs> maybe three. Three? Okay. Maybe what would your three, three be? Um, I would have a goalkeeper, and mm-hmm. if we're talking realistically, all black is a good show. As Ian said, he does have a release clause. Um. And two, uh, two centre-halves. Okay. Not and who would he be? Two centre-halves. Um, I, 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 honestly, I, I don't watch enough football. Uh, Van Dijk and Koulibaly from Napoli. Yeah, good show. You've gone big. Na- okay. Uh, that's, that's the thing. We have Kayla coming in anyway. So that's an end mm-hmm. on. Um, yeah. We, then, we need two centre-halves. We don't need one. I'm not having that. I, I'll have Van Dijk from what I've seen of him previous to yesterday and from what I've seen of Koulibaly at Napoli I'd have him every day of the week I'd have him ahead of Van Dijk to be honest with you mm-hmm. from what I as I said I don't pretend that I'm going to sit and watch every single bit of football like, but they be maybe realistic options if you're talking fantasy football I'll have De Gea and Ramos and <laughs> PK. 
Yeah, okay. Um, so you're saying maybe three. Grizz, what are you going with? Are you going with two, three, four? Who are they? Don't, don't tell me about numbers. Let me just work it out slowly. Yeah? You're confusing yeah. me. Already. <laughs> okay. Everyone else, you okay. just asked them to give name you two. Yeah, to me, you started giving me all the numbers. No, 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 no I don't didn't. Oh, no, me. hold on, okay. hold on. No, hold on. I didn't. I said, do you think we need two? Or in your opinion, do we need more? And if we need more, who are they? Yeah, considering you've just tra- uh, said Naby Keita's already there, so we don't because I was going to yeah. say, look, Naby Keita and VVD, and I, re- I said it at the start of the season. If we get those two in the summer, I said it, then we're challenging for the title. We didn't. I still stick to that. Keita, you said part of the squad, no problem. I'd yeah. go. I I think, yeah, realistically, three, a, a goalkeeper. I'd love Butland. I really got a lot of time for Jack Butland. I think he's a top top English keeper, and I think he's show, yeah. is very realistic as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he'd be extortionate price-wise. Um, Virgil van Dijk, you know, I'll stick with that. That he's, you know, he's not shown the form obviously, but I still think he's rusty. I think still think he's the best fit for us. He would be my sort of the expensive signing, and then, you know, I, I definitely try to snap up uh, Jimenez of um, Atletico Madrid and a freebie. Um, I think them two again. I agree with stay as well about we don't need once and half. We need both. I ain't, got, I ain't got trust in Matip fully. Uh, Matip would be a lovely third choice centre-half for me. He'd make a very good third centre-back. My first two, I would change, the, I would, I would change them to... And they would be absolutely perfect together because Jimenez is like a Mascherano-type centre-half but plays at the back. He's a proper, like a warrior, like a Vidic. You know, sea ball, attack ball, you know. And then you've got um, Virgil next to him who's like a a Rolls-Royce of a centre-back. Do you know what I mean? So I think that would be a, a brilliant centre-back pairing for us. So yeah, three I'd go for. Three. Um, yeah. I'm surprised you've all gone that, that low. Um, looking at the squad we have... Um, Didn't you just say to me, pick two? No, what, what I said was, pick pick two if you feel it's two. Do you feel it's more than two? Well, I, I feel like you bullied me into picking two. Ian, would I ever bully you? Not Are at you? your size, mate. No I was way. I'm not going to bully anyone that's willing to fucking paint the whole face in a mulching. So, you know, <laughs> you know it's, uh, it would be bullying. It'd be nearly a crime. Now, I'm well, going to because he did ask you. He, could, he asked you, do, would, do you think there's two? Are we two away? And you said yes. Right, well, no, I've said they've been saying it for years. But I reckon we go. If I said if I could only pick two. Yeah. But okay, if I could. So, if I could if I could pick three, okay, I'd, I would go for a deep line playmaker instead of. You can Emerson. pick four. You can pick four. No, three, three is enough. I'm not getting greedy. We're not that far away. I go for a deep line playmaker. I like. Uh, I yeah, like what Georgino. Number, what number would he have on his back? Sixty nine. Because this is this is the yeah, sixty nine. This 69. is the important question. Because that D D L P register, you know, sweeper. Oh, what would he be? What would he be called? It's just uh, a number, hipster bellend number, who asks it, for double cinnamon sprinkles on his fucking latte. Double, would he be, would he be part of a double pivot? Yeah, exactly. Now, I'd go three and I'd, have a, I'd look for some uh, an upgrade on Henderson and I like uh, I like Georgino. Georgino at, Napoli, yeah. Napoli, yeah. I'm a big fan. Tasty, okay. tasty. Um, right, I've listened to you and I've looked at it and I think we're about five away. Oh, fuck um, off. Yes, I do. Yeah, and, and, and genuinely, I think your goalkeeper you're spot on. Um, two centre backs, you're absolutely spot on. So we don't need to go through the names again because you know there's only a few out there that you think you'll get. Um, I think we're centre midfielder away. 
Um, I really do. And so we have we're out trying to look. We're out. I'm sorry. Yeah, we use Kate. We have Kate coming in. No, no, yeah. no, we have Kate coming in. But you've doubts around Emery Jan and stuff like that. So, I I still think there's a centre midfielder that could go in there. The name going around, I don't know how true it is. Is Goretzka. Um. I don't know anything about this fella because I don't watch him. Um, but I've spoken to a few people who have and rave about him. And the one thing that comes out of it is he's good on the ball. He gets forward. He, he assists. He scores. He's six foot two. He's you know he's everything that Klopp would look for. Um, that's probably it. And for me, it have to be. It have to be a striker. Has to be. Um, it has to be somebody that. Where on course you score hundred goals, Gav? No, 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 no. What I'm saying to you is, if we. If, the reason you win a league is, Grizz, is you win a league with a squad, okay? And if a player is injured, suspended, or out of form, you need someone to step in. We can't play the way we want to play if Firmino's not there. That's it, okay? Solanke won't do it. Um, Sturridge most certainly won't do it. And then you have to come and say, well, we put Mane or Salah up front. You're losing what you lose wide and how we play our game. It has to be a striker involved there that, that's Similar to Firmino, but probably I'd probably go with someone that's more of a bit of a goal getter, just something different. To me, it'd be five. But look, it's all about it's Timo Werner, then, isn't I'd love uh, Timo Werner. Timo Werner, I'd love. Yeah, yeah, him. for a couple yeah. of years. Good show, but I think that might be a hipster fucking choice as well that people are are jumping on board with. And look, it's all about opinion. And, and yeah, if you Timo Werner's a total different style to Bobby. If you're saying you need another striker like Bobby to, but I, I Bobby. don't, I don't think we need another style. Oh yes, striker like Bobby. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, I, I think we need a goal like getter, a, a, a finisher, yeah, and that will be yeah. Yeah. Werner, who's quick and can play all across the front. That's where I go for another striker. I've yeah, said that for a couple look, of years as well. Ian, listen, we're about what, five, six weeks away from the whole thing going mental for another 30 days. Grizz is on a diet trying to get fit to keep up with the whole fucking thing. So that's a, that's a I'm, fucking getting, name. I'm getting there, boys. I'm getting there. You're not getting there. Can you hurry up? I've got a jog to go to. Got you you to showed go. me. He's got, a, he's got a jog down the chippy. I've got a jog he, on in a minute. He's hurry got up. a jog to his car. Then he's going to get into his car, drive up to a bridge <laughs> in the middle of London, put his tracksuit on, take the fucking photo, go back in the car and drive home. Listen, you that, chicken soup, that chicken soup I sent you a picture of, that's fucking dedication. That what does that look like, Ian? What does that look like, Ian? It looked like, a, it looked like he was dead, eating a dick. Dead, dead yeah. dick, Ian. It looked it. like oiled dick. Oiled dick. Now that takes dedication. So I'm on this thing. All right, so hurry up! I've got a jug to go on. I'm getting fitness for this. He's, he's got a jug to eat. <laughs> he must be jogging into the fucking kitchen. For a um, right. Uh, what are we going for? Oh yeah, last thing. Um, this might cause a bit of debate, but look, we we'll go for it. Yes, well, I told you about this earlier, so there's no excuses. Uh, stay. I'll come to you first. Um, and what we do is we go around the circle, we name one at a time, and we keep going. Your top three films of all time. In no particular order, just name me a film and see where we go. So, Steve, I'll come to you first. Okay. Oh, you've been thinking about this since you sent me the message earlier on, and it's very hard to narrow it down to three. Um, very. There's so many, depending on what kind of mood you're in, what time of year it is, so on. Um, I'm... <clears throat> it's even hard to break it down into types of films like animated films or um, gangster films, stuff like that. But just I have a list basically done out here. But my favourite film of all time will be The Great Escape. 
The Great oh, Escape. Ooh. Fucking I like shout. it. I like it. Really? I like it. Fucking love it. Yeah. Oh, here he goes. I'm going to say before, here's where people start telling you your favourite film is yeah. wrong. Go ahead, Gav. No, no, no. Really? How is that your favourite? Do you know? No, I, I tell you, lads, honest to God, it's a cracking film. An absolute cracking film. It's actually one I didn't think of. And that's what I was saying, really. No, it's, it's something that, that um, didn't register with me, but uh, it's, it's a brilliant show. I don't think I've saw it all the way through, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, man, it's on every year yeah, around Gav, Christmas. Gav, I've saw it. I've saw it in chunks, but Gav, maybe not all in one go. Hold on, hold on. Gav, I know you're the hostess with the mostest, weeks. yeah? <laughs> but to make this easier, because as Stay says, it's very hard. You're the, you're the host, right? But can I suggest you ask us in genres then? Because that would be easy. Oh, that's say. even harder. That's fucking that's even harder. harder. Chris. Just a quick question. Is The Great Escape, would we class that as a... What genre would that come under? Is that a Action movie? war film. Action is that war drama, film? war. Pick any of them. Yeah, it's war or sports. It's not action. Fucking hell, Ian. As a, a sports documentary. Yeah, it's the, a sports the Great Escape is. is sports. You're thinking of fucking the one with Pele in your You're socks, what? Oh, that is it, isn't it? I'm thinking of Escape the Victory. <laughs> <laughs> That's escape to victory. All right, well, fucking Sylvester well, Stallone's not playing in goal in fucking right, the Great Phil, Escape. It wants Phil edit this bit. No problem. Carry on. So there's no editing goes on. Phil. there's no editing goes on. Right, so the, escape right. to victory. That's a fucking brilliant film. What a shit choice, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Steve, you're fucking wrong. Fucking Chris. shit choice. Yeah. Chris, right, I come to you. I listen. If you. If you go Bollywood, I mean, I swear to God. I swear um, to God, I was going to say, Kabi Hushi, Kabi Gum. Now, to you, to you guys, you'll think, what the that's fuck? A special, right? that, that's special for Royce, is it? You've got to remember, some Asian listeners are listening to this, and they will say, they will tell you that is a fucking cracking film. And it's a Hang on, Chris, is that the first one or the second one? <laughs> that's it's the second one. Not going to tell me how it is. But no, <laughs> all right. If you're going to be racist, we'll ignore that. So Never what we'll do, we'll go, for, we'll go for, my yeah. number one film is Pulp Fiction. Fucking love it. Ooh, and, the beauty, right. and the beauty of Pulp Fiction is you can watch it again and again and again, and you'll notice something different every time. Especially where that fella's getting bummed. It's bossed that bit. You just watch that over and over, don't you? Over I, and find, over I, find most, I find with most films you can watch them over and over again. It's great. No, but you can watch them over again. <laughs> But you notice something different every time you think, oh, shit, you didn't spot that at the time. I think Tarantino, hold on, was it by Tarantino? Yes, yeah, it was. He's a fucking genius, he is, Tarantino. And I nah, think that was, he's overrated. That, was, uh, that, that movie's genius, then. Yeah, that, that movie's not overrated. That movie's that mo- fantastic. That movie's genius, that is. So, yeah. Um, I, I just have visions of it instead of Samuel L. Jackson. That's just Grace with John Travolta. I just have visions of that, now. <laughs> Me and um, Ian. <laughs> Yeah, Chris doing a ma- yeah, you and Ian doing a massive. Do you remember the massive speech and I just have visions of you doing that now. Um, who who's no, um, Ian Ian uh, Ian you're up next. What are you going? Brave art. Oh fuck off, brave art. Behave. It's fantastic. It is. Behave. You you mate, you've disagreed with everyone's favourite choice so far. You <laughs> fucking argument. Great you escape have... is great. Pulp fiction is great. The fuck fuck off. Brave Art is, is a stunning film. Ah, <sighs> right. Brave okay. Art's not, Brave Art's not gladiator, is it? No. no. 
That's what I did. It's not It's not fucking John Fashion. Hang on, hang on. Gav. Gav, what's wrong with Braveheart? I don't know. What, it's just... It never done happen for me. Hang really. on, we are, hang on. We are talking to a man here, though, who's never saw any of the Rockies. So your opinion on films is fucking bollocks. Yeah. I've never seen a Rocky film, and I've never seen any of the James Star Bond Wars. Either. Or Star Wars, or Harry yeah. Potter, or Lord no, of the bollocks, Rings. Bollocks, that's bollocks. Yeah. So I think we can. We don't even want to know. Actually, I do want to know your top three. I bet you it's three fucking local Irish films that you had a part <laughs> in or something. Go on. Oh, it's the it's the ad for um the spar from <laughs> two thousand. Yeah, brave art, man. Brave art, brave art gets me every time. It's brilliant. No, oh, it's it's a, it's a quality film. It's just something that never done happen for me. Um, my fourth one, um, is Goodfellas. Simple as that. Um, mm. what a film. Yeah. I'd I'd watch it. I'd probably watch it once every two or three months. It's it's a phenomenal film from start. It's one of those films in it that you turn over and it's on. You just carry on watching it till it's finished. You never you're never turning it off yet. You're never turning. You're never really going. "Ah, No, I'm not watching that. It's something you stick to, and it's just a phenomenal film in my opinion. Um, stay back to you. Your second choice. What's your second choice? Um, right. I don't know what way to go. There's so many. Um, do, do you know, you sound really troubled by this topic. I'll tell you why he's troubled. <laughs> I am. I'll tell you why he's troubled. Because he WhatsApped me, he WhatsApped me, his second is Debbie Does Dallas. But he yeah. doesn't want to say it live. <laughs> so I'll just say it. No. It's really <laughs> not Chris. It's, I've, no, it's not. Um, no, Debbie Does Dallas. See, I'm, I'm a massive fan of animated films. Okay. So and it's great. With the kids now, we're getting to sit down and watch animated films. Brilliant. Um, I, one of my favourite Disney film is The Jungle Book, the original Jungle Book. Okay. I don't know what to say to you. I really don't. It's a good it's film, amazing. man. It, it's a good film. It's not my favourite Disney, though. My favourite Disney. On karaoke. See, me and the Lion King is better for me. I was going to say, consensus but, of opinions is Lion King. Really? Does Shrek count? It's animated. Of course it yeah, does. It's yeah. not real life. That's not real life. You don't look at Shrek and go, Jesus Christ, they look a bit weird over there, don't they? Uh, Why is right. that donkey talking? Yeah. <laughs> weird stuff happens up now. Right, what like the fuck is going on? Shrek is fucking awesome. But anyway, Stay says um, The Jungle Book, fair enough. The Jungle Book for Stay. Okay, he's gone animated. Um, mm. Riz, you're up next. What's your second one? Okay, so the second one, so I've done the second one, I go into westerns, and one of my favourite westerns is um, Young Guns. Oh, top film! It's yeah. right! Yeah. Young Guns is... Top awesome. film! Young Guns made me emotional, man. Even... I mean, the, the, the first one, right? Not two. Is it make, did it make you more emotional good as well, though? Yeah, yeah the second did, um, one is good. Did, did Young Guns make you more emotional than this story is? No, Just this is question, fucking good. This is making me way too emotional. Fuck that shit for a laugh. But Any, the, anybody listening, um, in about four weeks, five weeks, or six weeks' time, when the transfer window opens and Grizz is nine stone, um, he's gonna have an absolute meltdown. So look up for it. Wait for it. It's going to be amazing. Go on, Grizz. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Nine yeah. Stones, I, th- I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was born <laughs> nine stone, bitches. But yeah, uh, young young guns was Im- brilliant. The cast. Oh, you know the style of film is you know it really 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 got got to me that film my second choice and it was very very close to being first 
I think, mate, I think it's got the best opening to a film I've ever seen, where they all stand up on the hill in the black and white and start shooting the guns to the music. Awesome. Go back and watch it. It's the best opening to a film I've ever seen. Top film. Top, top film. I'll make you famous. Who's up next? Um, Ian, you're up next. Your second film. Go for it. Uh, I will go with The Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Yes. Absolutely overrated. Oh, no, shut up. Yeah, you're completely Just because you've picked one prison film, I'm not allowed to I'd have say, one. I'd say you called a fella a deep-line midfielder in number five. That's the sort you wear, Steve. That's fucking outrageous, <laughs> I think, to say. No, it's an, it's an incredible film, man. really is incredible. I think yeah, it could um, be overrated because people say what I've just said there. It's incredible, it's incredible. So yeah, maybe people go in with massive expectations, but it is an incredible film, really. Um. People, people that um, oh, you know, that haven't seen it, and they say, "What do you think?" And I go, "I'll oh, just watch it, just watch it," um, and then I leave it at that. Uh, do you know what? I had the Shawshank as my next one, but I'm going to change it now. And the next one I'm going to put it down as is The Departed with um, Jack what Nicholson and um, yeah, very good. Well, all the all the boys in it, uh, loved it, loved them. Started with Jack Nicholson is absolutely outstanding in it. Um, oh, absolute yeah, he's good. He's he's absolutely. There's a bit of a gangster theme going on with your choices. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I love gangster films. I really do. Uh, I was gonna nearly go with Donny Brasco for the next one, but I won't. Um, right, mate. Do you like Lads. Heat? Oh, oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do. Sake, yeah, man. That's my choice. Ian, oh, can sorry, you keep your fucking mouth shut, can you? The chaps on a <laughs> fucking intra- the chaps on a fucking intravenous drip. You know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> it's fucking named eight drip. films. It's fucking Ian's hey, named eight know. films. What are you yeah, names right. to? Okay, relax, relax, relax. Now, last round, lads. Uh, stay, last film. What are you going for? Right, it's one of three. Oh, jeez. It's been hard to narrow it down. So, it's either American Gangster. Um, no more gangsters. American, his- American History X. Oh, very good. Or Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Forrest Gump is quality, in fairness. What are you going to go for out of those three? You have to pick. And we have to get this done quickly. We're here about three hours. Um, I'll go with American Gangster. American Gangster. Good show. Good show. Um, I would have went with Forrest Gump out of three. That was just to, be, just to change it around a bit. Grizz, last, last show, what are you going for? Uh, I'm going to go for, because everyone's doing the same sort of genre, and I'm, I've, I've picked three different genres. So my first choice was, I can't remember. Second choice was, I can't remember. The third one I'm going to go for is Titanic. I thought Titanic. <laughs> see, see you 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 don't practice what you preach, do you, Ian? You don't practice what you preach. <laughs> I haven't said anything. I'm just going to laugh. Practice what you preach. So that's the equivalent of chatting shit on Twitter when someone yeah. gives their preference and you're saying, ha, 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 what the fuck is that? But that's my choice. Titanic, yeah. right, is a movie. Yeah. I dare you to watch that sober. And not fucking cry at the end. What? Yeah, no, I'm pretty easily. Now, Have you watched I it? I told you earlier I had visions of you. I told you earlier I had visions of you. It, you and Ian, you have, have the Afro Ian doesn't. Now, it, yes, of course I've watched it. And the thing now, I just visions of and you. It's real. You know it's real. Yeah. I, is it? Is that, re- is, that, is that a real ship? That's a fucking real ship. Yeah, what, yeah. Happens in, what happens at the end of it? That's based on a true story. Yeah, what happens? <laughs> <laughs> How did he at the end? What happens? And where did it set sail from? 
Ian, you should fucking know this. I weren't there, mate. I know it's Liverpool, but I weren't you there. Was, you was fucking there. It was from fucking Liverpool. It's very emotional, and we're this is a Liverpool. I, this is a Liverpool FC podcast, so Titanic. Yeah, what a way to end. But just, I can just, I can just see it now. Gray is standing at the front of the boat, arms out, Celine Dion in the background, and Kate Wins are trying to get her hands around you. Yeah. Now Matt, break. Matt trying to get his hands around me. <laughs> uh, around yeah. you. Um, <laughs> but, um, but awesome oh, film, awesome, awesomely made, brilliant <laughs> acting from when what's her name? Kate Winslet was fit. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant you're only film. saying that because she got a tattoo. That's all you're saying. That. Yeah. By the way, Grizz. By the way, go. So it's a tale from Southampton as well. From Southampton, it was a part of it made in Liverpool. Well, I didn't want to correct them. There you go. I didn't want to correct this, them. And what is this part about? Liverpool and Southampton. So fuck you all. Oh, oh, he meant it. He meant it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm waiting for the championship metaphor now. But anyway, um, right, in me and Ian to go, last one's Ian, go quickly. Seven. Yeah, that oh, was great. my choice. Yeah, great. How many choices did you have? I'm just telling you, that was one of the choices. Stay mentioned okay. three out of three. That was one of my three that I would have chosen, but you didn't give me no time because I'm brown. You would stay with so much on Tinder. Ian. Wait, I, went, I went to pitches to watch seven. I went to pitches yeah. to watch seven with some girl on a date. And I was that blown away by the film. I couldn't, it proper affected me when her head was in the box. I didn't talk to the girl the whole way home, but she thought I was in a bad mood. But I was just like, what's just happened? I was only dead young. I was like, what's just happened? And that was my memory of it. And amazing. Awesome. That's one of those films that you can't watch over and over because it's fucking horrible. Yeah. Well, um, my last one, I'd probably go with comedy. I love comedy films. Um, I had I Love You Man in my head because I think it's a fucking great what film. A film. Um, yeah, I love it. But the one I'm going to go with is Pineapple Express because <laughs> I just laughed and fucking from start to finish at that film. Um, and I had her on DVD and some cunt robbed it. And so it, it holds a special place in my heart. I can say for me, I've never heard of Gavin's selections. None of them. Yeah, well, listen, go, go and look them up. What, you haven't heard of Goodfellas, The Departed or Pineapple Express? Okay, I, I know the first two. But it's just well, that well, last one pissed me off. Pineapple Express as one of your three greatest films of all time. Pineapple Express is just a stoner film, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. Although, um, Freudy was one of my favourites as well, but let's yeah. look, that's for another day. Um, lads, that's the end of it. Listen, give it over, right? We're, we're finished. We've fucking dragged this out long enough. Ian, Grizz, thanks yeah. a million. Stay big, massive thanks for coming on tonight with us. That's been episode 12 of the Flatback for Liverpool keep winning. Happy days. The, the day tripper should be back on, I think, Wednesday, which is, but check it out on Twitter and that'll be confirmed. Severe away on Tuesday night. Chelsea at home. Oh, Eurotrash possibly as well. Eurotrash, look out for that. Could be, yeah, could be. Uh, Chelsea at home next Saturday at half five. Um, the Reds keep going. It's, it's happy days at the moment. Lads, thanks a million. That's it. Over and now. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Home sense. Why is it home sense? The prices make sense. Ooh, outdoor is in. Are those plates melamine? Pretty planters, pillows, lanterns. Pretty much everything outdoor. And the savings. What oh, makes sense to me now? Out save on outdoor. Find a store at homesense.com. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.